You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. If you have not listened to Locked On Boston College, we are a daily Boston College podcast that gives you all the analysis, opinions, and BC news that you crave and need. Today's episode, we are going to talk about a bunch of different things. We're going to get into Boston College versus Louisville, give you a little bit more information about that game. We're going to talk all about the news because there was a ton of news again today. And we're going to jump in with a mailbag, which is going to be one of our, fir- one of our first that we've done on this podcast. But before we do, I would like to invite you all to make sure that you follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnBC. It's our official podcast Twitter page. I give you all sorts of details on there. You can find some BC facts and opinions, all the stuff when we're not on the air that you're going to want to know. So get onto Twitter, find us on LockedOnBC. So as I said before today, the news for Boston College was coming fast and furious today for a whole bunch of different sports. So let's just start off with hockey. I know last weekend, Boston College hockey was supposed to play UNH in a home-and-home two-game series. However, UNH had a possible COVID-19 infection on the roster, so they had to cancel the entire weekend. Now, BCI again said that on this weekend they were going to play Providence, but Providence also had issues with possible COVID testing results and that BC might have had to cancel that game. Now, as I said in yesterday's episode, and you can go back and check that out, if BC had known about last weekend early enough, they could have rescheduled. They knew about this weekend early enough, so they were able to move the Providence game to later in December and put UMass on the schedule. So they're now going to do a home-and-home with UMass, who has been clean for the last week because they just played UConn in a home-and-home series. And that's going to be great because these are two top hockey East schools. As you know, UMass has won... Uh, they were in the uh, the national championships just a couple years ago. They were uh, power on the rise. So they're gonna, that's, gonna, that's a great way to kick off the Hockey East uh, season for Boston College. So they're going to start off with a Friday and Saturday game this weekend, and hopefully everything goes smoothly with that. Now for Boston College football, as we said, their game is going to be on Saturday this week at 4 p.m. against Louisville. And then next Saturday's game against UVA has been put on hold. It looks like the entire country's games have been put on hold. I know all of ACC and I saw all of Big 12. And that might just be due to the uh, incredible spike in numbers in COVID. So there's been a bunch of different schools that have had to cancel or postpone their games. So every game is on hold for the next six days. So we're not going to find out about the BC UVA game until next week. So keep your eyes open for that. Mm -hmm. On top of that, for BC, BC football had a player transfer, or I should say go into the transfer portal uh, today as Justin Bolito, and I might be botching his name, a true freshman wide receiver out of Erasmus Hall in New York, uh, announced that he's going to enter the transfer portal. Um, It was all over the news. We have it all in the, on bcbulletin.com if you want to read more about it. Bolito was 
Jeff Halfley's first commitment when he took over for the uh, program in late December. He signed on December 20th, right around the early signing day, as a flip from Minnesota. Um, he is a wide receiver, about 5'10". Good hands. I was kind of impressed with this film when I saw him first commit to BC. Um, but interestingly enough, he has been deactivated all season. So when we get our inactive list in the media, he's been on that list all year long. I don't know if that's an injury or if that was any other reason, but he has not been active. Now, it makes a lot of sense for him. And I don't, you know, you, from my perspective, I never hate on a kid who decides to go someplace else. Whether it's Kiev Bennerman or Bolito or anybody, Phil Jakovic, you got to do what's best for you. And I don't know if he saw the, the writing on the wall. Boston College is bringing back a plethora of wide receivers, and the depth chart is pretty packed. I know it's pretty crazy to think about that with Boston College, but next year you have Kobe White coming back. You have Zay Flowers, C.J. Lewis. You have Jelani Galloway. You have... Ethan Williams, Taji Johnson, and then you have freshmen coming in as well. So you've got guys like um, Bug Jones, you have Dante Reynolds, and then they're they're bringing in more and more. So maybe Bolito just didn't see himself playing here and decided that it would be the be- in his best interest to move on. So uh, you you wish the kids well when they do things like this, and it just gives Boston College another um, uh, scholarship to use. So you know we've talked a lot about on BC Bulletin about Jaden Williams, a wide receiver from uh, Texas that has Boston College, Tulane, and Utah in his final three. You know, makes a lot more sense for him to come to BC now that there's a slot available for him. So keep your eyes open for that. And so that's our football news. So we had football, we had hockey, and on top of all of that, we had a ton of basketball news. Now, if you've been following the news, you know that COVID-19 rates have been spiking. You know it's been playing havoc on sports both professional and collegiate and it hit basketball hard this week there has been there have been so many teams that have had to shut down and pause activities because of a positive case that it's impossible to um, keep track of what's going on so earlier today news came out that Arizona State was going to pull out of the Empire Classic the multi-team tournament held at Mohegan Sun that Boston College was going to be part of they were going to pull out because Baylor's coach was positive, and it still sounded like Baylor was going to um, go to the tournament. So Arizona State was like, all right, I'm out, and decided to, to pull the plug. However, a couple hours later, the news broke that Baylor was going to pull out of the tournament, which allowed Boston College, Arizona State, and Villanova to stay around. It sounds like they might have pressured Baylor out, and they needed to find a fourth team. So you had Boston College... Um, they're going to face Villanova. Who was Arizona State going to play? Now, there was all these rumors going around. I heard Duke. I heard UVA. I heard uh, UConn. And the answer was URI. The team Boston College plays in 10 days, they're going to be in the tournament. So it's the they're the fourth team. And from what I've read, they picked URI because they're a close team that can easily get to Mohegan Sun. And they don't need to stay at the facilities because they are going to travel back and forth from uh, Rhode Island to Mohegan Sun because it's a it's a drivable distance. But on top of adding a new team to this uh, tournament, it also changes the way Boston College is going to play because now the seven o'clock game for Boston College has been moved to nine thirty because they're trying to be respectful of URI jumping in at the last second. So they're not driving in the all hours of the night to play in this tournament. So BC gets the later game. 
and URI gets the earlier game. And just as a uh, broadcaster, I mean, a journalist who f- covers this, I'm kind of bummed because <laughs> I wanted to go to bed at a normal hour, and now I'm going to be up till midnight watching uh, Boston College basketball. So, anywho, that's what's happening with Boston College basketball. That's the big news for today. So, BC is going to kick off, not kick off, they're going to tip off on Wednesday at 9.30. The game is on ESPN. Check out BC Bulletin for full coverage. I'll have a full preview. I'll be at the press conference after the game. I'll be doing everything that you expect in hope for good coverage of that game. Now, on tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk exclusively about the two games happening. Villanova and Boston College in basketball and BC and Louisville in men's uh, football. So definitely want to check that out. Before... We get into our mailbag, which is coming up next. I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect beer that is cold and refreshing, and it's when you are feeling going, going, going. You know, we're in the midst of the holidays. You know, you may be at home with your loved ones making a big dinner, and it's just like you feel like you have a million things going on. Sometimes you just need that moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. It's only one beer that's made literally to made to chill, and that's Coors Light. Okay, cold li- Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It's perfect for a moment to unwind. Maybe you're on Thursday watching the football games on on um, on Thanksgiving, and you just need a moment to chill. Coors Light is there for you. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now, when I had originally planned out today's episode, I had one segment we're going to talk about the news, one segment we're going to talk about the Louisville game, and one segment for mailbag. Because in the last couple of weeks, I've asked for mailbag questions. I get like one or two, and I was like, ah, that's probably what I'm going to get. I want to thank you all because I just went on Twitter uh, before recording this segment and I have so many that I'm going to have to go through two segments of mailbag questions because you guys rocked it. You guys gave me so many great questions and I don't want to miss any of them. So I'm going to start jumping in and this is going to probably take up the rest of the show. So I hope you enjoy and I thank you all. If you want to get in part of the mailbags, I would love to make this a regular segment. You can ask me anything. If you want to ask me, you know, what's what, what do I think about the football team or if you want to ask me, What's the favorite rap concert? Because you know I like listening to hip-hop music. You can ask me any of that. I will tell you anything. So thank you all. You can email me questions at bostoncollegesi at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on any of the platforms that we talk about, at LockedOnBC or at AJBlack underscore BC. So let's jump into questions. Our first question comes from Nick Kleppel on Twitter who says, Do you see Osmond Savage wearing a BC football uniform next year? Maybe Clinton Burton Jr. might be able to persuade him. So let me give you some uh, background knowledge. Osmond Savage is a linebacker who was a freshman this year for the University of Michigan and uh, played at St. Fran- Francis at Maryland and had announced that he's going to enter the transfer portal. Now the question is, would he end up at Boston College? Because as you know, if you've been following recruiting, BC has been hitting St. Francis really hard. They got Clinton Burton Jr., Jamal Hood. You know, There's been a lot of talk about how well they've been recruiting in that area. So maybe they'd be getting in on Burton. Now, unfortunately, I don't think BC's really all that in on him, and here's why. 
Um, I've been kind of following along with Osmond Savage on uh, Twitter, and I've been looking at you know who's he liking things and do any of the BC coaching staff. That's usually a good indicator uh, if the coaching staff is following him, and I don't see anyone. <laughs> Anthony Campanile was the only one, but he was with Michigan, and he's gone. And I don't see like you know the usual suspects. If you're looking a good indicator, if you want to know if a guy is being seriously thought of for BC, is if you see like Halfley, uh, Tem Lokabu, Jeff uh, Joe Sullivan, the director of player personnel, and maybe a, a recruiting uh, assistant here and there. I don't see any of that. So my guess is that BC's not in on him, and I don't know if he's going to be going closer to home. Maybe he ends up with Maryland or um, where he ends up. But I'm going to guess for now, Osmond Savage will not end up at Boston College next year. But thank you for the question, Nick. Jake Klein also on Twitter had two questions. And I want to thank personally Jake Klein because he, I don't know how he has his um, his his sources, but he always has some great scoops on Twitter. So if you're looking for someone great to follow on Twitter, follow Jake Klein. It's Kleine42 on Twitter. He's got some good college basketball scoops. He wanted to ask, ask me, do I think Phil Jerkovic, Jerkovic, excuse me, is going to end up an NFL quarterback? I think he will. I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback because he does a lot of the things that NFL quarterbacks need to do now. He's mobile. He's tough. He's got a good arm. Um, I think that all translates to NFL caliber. And we saw what he's capable of doing earlier in this year with you know good accuracy downfield. And good, good reads. He's very good at moving around and opening the pocket and finding his own space. And you know the the criticisms that you're seeing of him now. He's a little antsy. We saw the last two games. He was a little um, um, not accurate with his passes. I think those are all going to be things that kind of clear themselves up. Especially the passes. We know now that he has a separated shoulder. But I don't see Phil Jakovic struggling as much. Uh, moving forward. I think he's going to have his moments here and there, but I, I think definitely give him a couple years with this offense and he's going to be an NFL caliber quarterback. Will he be like a Ben Roethlisberger? That's definitely the comps that you hear a lot of. That's high praise for a guy like Dracovic, but I could see him. I, NFL teams are going to want a big, tough quarterback like Dracovic. So thank you, Jake, for that question. The second question Jake had was about basketball. How will the BC non-conference schedule affect their path to a tournament bid? Resume builder or record destroyer? That's a great question. So earlier this week, uh, Jim, uh, actually late last week, Jim Christian had a press conference and he talked about the out-of-conference schedule. And he said, you know, if I didn't believe that my team could do this, I wouldn't put them in that position. You know, we're going to win. We're going to play tough teams because I feel like this team is the best team that we've had in years. Now, on one hand, he's right, because I think this team has the depth that I haven't seen at Boston College in years, on paper. You know, we say this every year, and then we see these transfers come in, and you, you think they're going to be world beaters and be able to really do a lot, and sometimes they flame out. You see guys like Eli Carter, who, you know, ran the offense, but also kind of put, you know, was a thorn in BC's offense as well, and other guys like that. I, I don't know. I... I I don't want to be negative, but I don't feel like this uh, roster and schedule match up very well. I look at games against like Villanova. It was going to be Baylor, but they're going to end up if they end up beating somehow Villanova, they're going to play Arizona State. You got teams like URI, St. John's, and um, it sounds like Oregon's taking Missouri's spot. So you have a lot of tough games 
and you don't have any time to really meld some of these younger players like DeMar Langford and um, uh, the transfers in. I, I'm worried about this out-of-conference schedule because I could easily see Boston College struggling right out of the gate and tripping into the ACC uh, tournament, uh, ACC schedule. And so I, I, I'm going to say it's a, it's a team killer because I don't see BC really being all that successful with a schedule that tough. So thank you, Jake, for your questions. User Joey DePace has the question, who will be the starting center for men's basketball? Now, I'm going to go ahead. There's two question, two parts to this answer, and I'm going to go ahead right now and say it's probably going to be C.J. Felder. Um, last week when we had Eric Hofsis on, he, he kind of held it close to the vest. I guess it's a pretty um, intense battle for that position, um, but I'm going to go with Felder for now. Now, the other question that we're going to have, and I'm going to talk more about that in a moment, is James Karnick. I wonder if he is waived to play, and we haven't heard anything, so... Um, John Rothstein usually is the guy that will tell you, even if a guy doesn't get his waiver, if he has or has not. And I haven't heard anything on Karnick. Um, so if he's not eligible to play, it'll probably be Felder. But if Karnick is ready to go, it could be him. Just as a reminder, later on this week, I'm going to have Eric Hofsis on the, on the show to talk Louisville. And I'm also going to have Matt McGavick of Louisville SI to talk about what the team looks like from the Louisville perspective. So those are two shows you're not going to want to miss. Now, I want to talk about Built Go. Built Go is my solution when I hit a wall. Now, I've told you about my walls before, and it happens to me almost every day. Between 2 and 3 o'clock, it feels like I've walked into um, this complete fog where I just cannot think clearly, and I just, I'm dragging, and I can't do the things I normally do. And, you know, for years, I've always reached for a coffee or an energy drink, but that energy is fake. It's something that only hits you for a little while and then you lose it. That's why I go to BuiltGo. Now, BuiltGo is the same group that brings you the fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. Now, I want to get into why this is great. It's only an ounce and a half, so it's just it's a perfect, just focused energy drink that, in, um, supplement that you can have. It's the it's like the best workout gel. I you know I'm a runner and I'm always looking for good ones and Built Go is the one I go for. It gives you five hour energy without the crash feeling, so it's better for you. It's not tons of caffeine. I think that's huge. And it comes in three delicious flavors: peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. Now it combines energy gel with collagen protein. And why is energy protein so important? Because it's fast absorbing. It gets into your system fast. And it gives you long-lasting energy. And it has just a kick of caffeine. It's perfect. So what you're going to do, you're going to go visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now, this is Locked On Boston College. We're doing our... Reader's Mailbag here on Thanksgiving week. And we've been talking about everything between recruiting and transfers and everything in between. And speaking of transfers, I want to jump in because user Jake Zulak wants to know, why is we two days away and still don't know what's going on with James Karnak? Now, if you're not familiar with the situation, James Karnak is a center that uh, transferred to Boston College over the summer. He was originally at Lehigh, and he is not a graduate transfer, so he has to get a waiver, kind of like what Phil Dracovic did, to get to play this year. 
Now, college basketball right now is a complete cluster bleep because they can't get their act together and make decisions in any sort of uniform fashion. So the teams are still finding out right now whether players that they have um, can or cannot play with their team. You have players throughout the country that are just getting haphazardly you know, waivers or no waivers, and it seems like there's no consistency in what they're doing. And it's, it's one of the frustrations a lot of people have with the NCAA is there's no transparency to it. Why James Karnick, a guy who probably applied for this, you know, the team probably applied for this waiver months ago, why they're still having to wait to find out whether he can play or not is beyond me. And it's, it's unfair not only to the team but to this kid. This kid is, you know, 21 years old. He wants to figure out what he's doing for the year. And he can't get a straight answer from this bureaucracy, the NCAA, who's dragging their feet and not giving him a straight answer. It's, it's, we're two days away, and no one knows. So, um, Jake, I understand your frustration, and I don't have a straight answer. It's it's the NCAA, and this is the, the nonsense they put uh, teams through every single week. Friend of the podcast, Mike McCuney, and Mike, I apologize if I messed up your name. He asks, now that we know what BC's out-of-conference schedule is going to be for next year, what do we think the football schedule, uh, record will be in 2021? So I was looking it up when he asked me this, and we actually don't know what BC's schedule is going to look like next year because there's a missing game in there. Currently, BC has an out-of-conference schedule in 2021 of Missouri, Temple, and UMass. And there's a missing fourth game in there. So I think BC could easily win, given what we see and what we're bringing back next year. They could easily win all three of those out-of-conference games if we're playing out-of-conference games next year. That's a big if. Um, if they could easily win that. And for out of um, for their uh, divisional game, I mean their ACC games across conference, they're going to play against Virginia Tech, and they're going to also play against Georgia Tech again. Now, again, I don't know what's going on with Virginia Tech, but they seem like a team that will probably be either with one more year of Justin Fuente or um, on to a new coach. So I'm going to go ahead. You know, they, get, they get Virginia Tech at um, Alumni Stadium next year. I'm going to go ahead and say they beat Virginia Tech next year. You know, Khalil Herbert will be gone. Hendon Hooker, hopefully, you know, uh, Jeff Halfley finds an answer for him for next year because he really beat up BC, but I think they could beat them. Georgia Tech, they they were what we saw last year. I don't I don't see them doing that. So that, right there, five wins before we really even get in the meat of the schedule. You add in Syracuse, that's six. You get Florida State again, seven, and then I'm gonna say that there's at least two more wins in that. So I'm gonna go nine and three next year. I'm 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 buying big in BC football next year. They're going to have Dracovic back. They're going to have a killer offense. Their offensive line may take a step back, but honestly, they weren't super impressive up until most more recently this year. So I'm going to go with 9-3. and three. Thank you, Mike, for that question. Twitter user Pete Logan wants to know, realistically, we know Jim Christian is on the hot seat this year if he wasn't already last season and was just saved by the timing of COVID. Considering the strength of schedule due to less non-conference games, what does Christian likely have to do to hang on to his job for the future? I think there's one of two things he's going to have to do. He's either going to have to basically win the NIT and really do well in the ACC. You know, to get in the NIT, you have to be a, a, a above 500 team. And given that schedule, I don't know how they're going to do that. But if he does that, then all the power to, to Christian. He'll probably keep his job if they can do that. He'd have to take a run in the NIT. So, you know, get to the finals, win it. Or... I'm going to say it. If he gets BC somehow to the, the NCAA tournament, I know people have been like 
saying to me like, oh, he's going to have to go to the Sweet 16 to get to save his job. I don't think so. If Christian can figure out a way to just get into the tournament, he's going to save his job. Okay, He's not going to lose his job if he gets BC to a place that they haven't been in 10 years. So he'll get another year if that's the case. Now, do I personally think that's going to happen? No. This team, I you know, I really like to see, uh, you know, they, they're deep from what I've seen. But this is year seven of Jim Christian and what he's been able to do has had, you know, he's a below, much further below 500 coach than what, you know, you would expect at this point for a guy that has kept his job as long as he has. So I don't think he's going to do it. I think I honestly, you know, he's a nice guy and I wish him all the best. I just get a feeling this is going to be his last year at Boston College and that um, Patrick Kraft will move in a different direction at the end of this year. But thank you for that question. Tyler Smith on Twitter asks, I have two more questions to go. I'm going to do this one quick. He wants to know what my prediction is for BC this year. And again, as I said before, I hate being that negative Nancy. I don't have a, a strong feeling that this is going to be a positive season. So I think, you know, if they're playing 27 games, I'm going to go with like 9 and 18 or something like that. I don't, I, 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 I struggle to see them winning more than double digits in this game. So I don't think they're going to go the NIT or be a bubble team. I think it's going to be a really tough year for them. Uh, and our final question of the night goes to, um, actually, to Mickey Bombay, who is going to step up at D-line and linebacker in years to come for BC football. The name I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast is Trevin Wallace. And he's a name that you're going to want to watch on uh, Twitter to see if he, he stays with BC. He is going to be dynamic for BC on that defensive linebacker group. In terms of the defensive line, I'm a big fan of Isaiah Henderson. I know he missed all of this year, but he's going to be a force when they get him going on the defensive line. And I also like some of the new kids that they have coming in. Guys like um, Tyus Clemens and... Um, Quantavius Hutchins, some of the kids that they're getting from down south, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be legit. And um, Andre Porter, you, so they they got the talent. I think they go the guys. There might take a year or two to develop, but you know those will be names you're going to want to watch for. And again, our final question of the night is um, from. Oh, that was our final question. I apologize. So we got to every. Uh, sorry, Tom Bracken wanted to know, Rooks or Kendall, legit chance odds. Um, okay, so. Drew Kendall, we've talked at at length about him and what his path to Boston College could be. He's a four-star recruit. Is he going to pick Michigan? Is he going to pick BC or Stanford? I, I'm going to put his odds at pretty good. At this point, if he's waiting this long, I want to say like 80%, I think, that Drew Kendall ends up at BC. Uh, Rooks, uh, in the more you sit back and think about it, I still think he's a bit of a pipe dream. Uh, Michigan and Penn State have played poorly. I still think he's going to end up at one of those schools. Even if they're both struggling, you know, James Franklin's not going to go anywhere. So he's going to end up at one of those schools. I'm going to put the odds at like 25% he ends at BC. But thank you guys all so much for your questions tonight. I appreciate um, all of you reaching out. And if you have any point, you can DM me, email me at LockedOnBC on Twitter or uh, BostonCollegeSI at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. If you have something you want me to talk about on the show, definitely shoot out to me because I love to talk and, and give you guys the, the content that you're looking for. So this is AJ Black. Um, tomorrow we're going to talk more Louisville and, and any more breaking news because it seems to be happening constantly. And um, I want to thank you all. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and give us a five-star review on Apple if you have not done so already. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you again tomorrow.